Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a February. February. It's February. First episode edition of The Elephants in the Room. And. We have a new entrant into the 2024 presidential race. Dun, 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 dun. Not officially. This is this is one of my favorite. This is one of my. I don't favorite. understand this announcement at all. Right, right. This is one. This is one of my favorite parts of the political calendar, which is we're at announcing the announcement season. <laughs> we have to announce the announcement, and it just. As you know, go on Twitter, Elephant PCast, at Elephant PCast. That's where we're at on on Twitter. And just trying to get back in the habit of reengaging leads me to not being on the platform as much as I should to try to build a presence there. Um, However, um, the times that I have been able to go on today... Not only is she getting absolutely destroyed by basically every political account that, or every right wing political account that we follow, because pretty much every account that we follow would 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 is some form of conservative movement, right? You know, whether you're Camp DeSantis or Camp Trump or deciding between the two, that's the that's the realm that we're playing in right here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're not really playing in the pro Nikki Haley, uh, Nikki Haley camp, and um, which I'm not sure if there is one. No. What is the market for this? There isn't one. So, so, well, let's say first Nikki Haley is going to, uh, as as she announced, is going to announce on um, on February fifteenth that she is going to. Uh, she has a big announcement. That um, that she's going to share on February fifteenth, and yes, it's definitely going to be a great day in South Carolina. Um, multiple sources confirmed to Fox News Digital on Tuesday that the former UN ambassador's much anticipated announcement will be her formal declaration of her bid for president in twenty twenty four. Casting herself as a younger, fresher alternative to the former president, Haley has been hinting at a White House bid for weeks. It's time for a new generation. It's time for more leadership. It's time for the fact that we really start that we really start to take our country back. Haley said on Hannity on January twentieth, "We cannot have another term of Joe Biden, and we have to remember too, we have lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. It's time that we get a Republican in there that can lead and can win a general election." So that's her pitch. Her pitch is, "I'm conservative. I'm a Republican, but I'm also a suburban mom." 
who is inoffensive to other suburban moms because prior to this, I was an accountant and then I got into politics. I hate to break it to her, but if you're a Republican, you're automatically offensive. So yes and no, right? And so this is where we get into the the Nikki Haley would play better in a Virginia general, like like if she was running for governor of Virginia after Glenn Youngkin, she would be a formidable candidate. As long as she made it out of the Republican Republican nominating process alive, um, which in Virginia they can kind of kind of stack stack the deck if they need to. Um, it, um, but she's not. She's running in a Republican primary for president against a former president in Donald Trump whose floor in the party is 30%. Like that that's his floor. He's like 25 to 30%. If you look at every poll, every every look at the crosstabs are you know the only Trump crowd. That is the that is generally speaking around that that 30% mark. So everyone else is going after 70%. And I don't understand the pitch, Mm-mm. right? Like, I don't understand. First of all, first of all, she's offensive to a lot of people in the conservative movement and the grassroots because she used her, because she used her State of the Union rebuttal to attack Trump. Yeah, that's not going to go well. And um, and she was pro Rubio in the 2016 primary mm. right i feel like that's not that offensive no that that's 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 not offensive um at all but i think most people would consider marco rubio to be on the more established like <sighs> i mean right? nikki haley is eat. establishment yeah like i consider her establishment republican yeah I consider her closer to, you know, that's 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 her. That's her pitch. What which, are her accomplishments which, outside which, of being which the UN? last time last time the head of the establishment Republicans run Jeb Bush? Remember, hey, I'm at forty two percent. You're at three percent. Absolute. I mean, whatever hope Jeb Bush had ended on that one line that Donald Trump just slayed him with, and they moved on to little Marco and and Lion Ted and and the and the rest of the gang, Crazy John. I don't know. What are her accomplishments outside of the UN, which isn't really an she was, accomplishment? She was governor of South Carolina. <laughs> okay, so she has been a governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been governor governor of South Carolina. Um, she did um, she did a pretty good job of attracting business to the state. If I remember, she had she had something to do with with Boeing coming to the state, um, her Im- improving their investments in the state, or something like that. Um, but um, but she's a little bit. I mean, we're talking twenty twenty four. It's twenty twenty three. She hasn't been governor of South Carolina. You know, under Trump, she was a UN ambassador. You know, she hasn't been doing much since since that gig. Um, so she's a little bit a little bit removed. Um, it's ten percent of the party that she's going after. It's just not enough. You know, I mean, she would really have to. Now, now here, I mean, of course, the most interesting thing is if DeSantis doesn't get in. But you just said the odds of that happening are really small. They're just so small. You just have to kind of assume that DeSantis is going to get in and immediately start to attract somewhere between 20 to 30 percent from what we've seen. Right. Um, And then it's going to be. 
we're going to have 30, 30, you know, 35, 40%, maybe at most, at most divvied up between another four, five, six candidates, you know, unless it really, really gets fragmented, which I just don't, I just don't, don't see it getting super fragmented this, this time around, um, just because there's going to be some big names throwing, uh, throwing their weight in. I mean, I, I get it. Um, um, you know, she, what, what else is, when else would she run? Right. Um, it's all, it's, it must just be a politician thing, but it's so interesting to me how people would put themselves through something like this when your odds of winning are just so slim. I just don't understand it. <laughs> well, it's, 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 remember that it just keeps their she, profile she up. She believes, yeah, that she keeps her profile up. It's a way to, you, it's, it's a good money maker. Fundraiser, yeah. It's a good money maker. Running for president is a great business. Um, great. It Just helps. as the founders intended it, and and you know what you hope is is that you keep th- if you don't win, which no one gets in thinking that they're not going to win. Um, I mean, look, there is there there is a path. I mean, there are pathways to her winning, right? They're they're narrow. She has to, you know, draw an inside straight. But you know what is the pathway? Well, Donald Trump's. Donald Trump isn't Teflon Donald Don. Trump dies. Donald Trump isn't <laughs> Teflon Don anymore when it comes to some of these legal, you know, uh, uh, issues that are hanging over his head. And, and one of them, one of them nabs him in the rear. You know, that's a possibility, right? Um, there, there's the possibility of DeSantis not getting in, in which case I'm not sure how much of a vacuum that leaves. I wonder how much of his people just automatically go, we're going to Trump. Um, I think, you know, but then there's still going to be an opening for people who are interested in that again. Um, yeah, I mean, and then there's a possibility, you know, that it's, it basically, it centers around either one of Trump or DeSantis campaigns going up in smoke prematurely. Right. One of those, one of those two has to hit the wall. And the other one has to be kind of badly damaged from whatever happened, <laughs> you know. Like, like, like. I really think that both of them would probably have to would probably have at some point. DeSantis would have to be compromised at some point, and Trump would have to be out of the picture, or Trump would have to be badly compromised, and DeSantis would be out of the picture. And then, you know, she would be able to claim, you know, maybe forty percent, you know, some of that, you know, forty percent, and you know, not win a majority, and you know, see how see how it goes from there. Um, you know, so there are pathways, but I think it does require a lot of outside assistance where I do think when you look at Trump and DeSantis, I think that those are the two candidates who have the largest ability to, um, um, uh, dictate their own destiny. You know, those those are those are the two with enough built-in support and enough of built-in infrastructure to 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 duke it out, um, and to uh, and to and to be the last person standing. So, I think it's where it gets interesting. I mean, online everyone was like, "Why you're boring?" No, thank you. Right? You're kind of you're boring and you're you're kind of liberal. No, thank you. Right. And um, you know, look, I mean, <clears throat> granted. You know, on the scale of conservative to liberal, she's probably eighty-five percent conservative, ninety percent conservative. But 
once again, not, not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it in this kind of cutthroat primary that's, that's going to be happening. Um, to what, in the back of her mind, what do you get out of it other than making money and raising your profile? Well, you know, you hope maybe you become part of the, the administration. You keep things cordial with everyone and... You know, maybe you do find yourself as part of part of you know a secretary of, of something, in the, in the uh, you know in the next Republican administration. Maybe you um, you know maybe one of your ideas catches on, and you're able to kind of champion an idea and maybe get something done with that. Right? It becomes part of a platform. It becomes it becomes part of you know part of the campaign going forward. You know, uh, in in when it becomes to president, because when it comes to president, there's that larger party platform of ideas that people start to promote different at different things at different levels you know hey a republican you know and you know obviously you know when you look at virginia look at fairfax county it's hey we're republicans we're the we're the we're the party of school choice we're the party of parents we're the party of we're the party of your kids should be learning in schools things skills that are going to be beneficial for them in the future not learning to memorize 157,000 different genders Right. You know, we're the party of that. But in different parts of the country, we're going to be different things. You know, so so maybe you are able to influence something that's important to you that way. Um, you know, I don't know. It's Nikki Haley. She was a former congresswoman. She's a former governor. You know, why not run for president? I guess. But so we'll see what happens. I'll be watching the announcement on February fifteenth. We'll be watching it. It's um, that's on a uh, it's on a Wednesday, so we'll be able to record. Sweet. We'll do an episode on uh, on on February fifteenth. Uh, two months to tax day from there. Um, speaking of the the rest of the campaign, there was a report that came out today about how Trump is reportedly uh, planning to go after uh, Ron DeSantis for a little bit. Um, uh, there, obviously, Trump overnight put out a whole bunch of videos of Ron DeSantis of of I saying that he wanted to govern like Paul Ryan or something like that. That was one of the, the videos that was put out there. Um, it, once again, I, I, it's another it's another attack that boomerangs right back on Trump where you get to go, well, you kind of ceded control of your entire domestic agenda over to Paul Ryan for two years, right? I mean, those were the Paul Ryan tax cuts. Those weren't the Donald Trump tax cuts. Those were the Paul Ryan tax cuts. And Paul Ryan didn't prioritize getting the wall done while Republicans were in Congress and able to make headway on that, right? We made some headway on on the border, but we certainly didn't make enough, right? And part of that was because Paul Ryan controlled the legislative agenda and he pushed forward things that the Chamber of Commerce wanted, i.e. business-friendly tax cuts above all else. And those tax cuts are now gone. So that's what we have to show for Paul Ryan, a Speaker of the House, is a couple of years of tax cuts that the Chamber of Commerce wanted. I... A completely unremarkable speakership that will simply just be a ball of snot in the dustbin of history. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, that thems are the facts. Um, now, um, 
And this is from Jonathan Swan at Axios. So with a, with a grain of salt. Um, and I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to give my, my, my opinion on it. A Trump ally involved in this effort against DeSantis, who insisted on anonymity, said the footage included Mr. DeSantis taking delivery of some of the first vaccine in America and uh, of DeSantis presiding over vaccinations of elderly people. Um, they, uh, they, so they want to start pushing that um, this uh, maybe like a, an anti-vax angle against Ron DeSantis, which I just don't flat out believe this report because that would be the stupidest idea of all time. Donald Trump has hours of him on record bragging about Operation Warp Speed, the unfortunate government program that led to the most massive scientific test ever done on a population of people that was forced upon them basically by the government. Right? I mean, that's, that's a fact. President Trump pushed this. Pushed it hard. Pushed vaccinations hard. Real hard. So I just don't believe that this, this report could possibly be true because if it's true... I, I just, I just, I just, I just, I, it just seems like a, a, it, it seems like someone who was really, really, really low level hearing something that, that could be going on and reporting it without knowing the full story. That's kind of what it sounds like to me, because it doesn't sound like an actual serious plan, given the fact that Donald, President Donald Trump is responsible for the vaccines and distributing them and getting the plan of getting them in everyone's arm. Um, it would be so, so that's, that's, so we're not only are we at annou announcing the announcement season, but we're also starting to get all these wacky reports from these left leaning rags about what these campaigns are going to try and try not to do or what's going on in these campaigns. And, here and there, and they're all looking at Trump's fundraising. And yeah, Trump's fundraising was slow last quarter, but as we said, it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas. Um, it is going to be interesting to see Donald Trump's fundraising going forward, though, because he has not stopped fundraising since he got out of office. And you really got to wonder how much is left of his core supporter to give. That's true. It's very, it's very interesting because as 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 wealthy as he is, as much wealth as he has, his liquidity is not incredibly high, <laughs> right? And and I, I say, hope he saved it. I say that relatively speaking, right? When you what, when you look at his tax document, when you look at the tax documents and look at his income, and you 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 read about it, you look at a guy who's like has and. I say this like relatively speaking illiquid, but thirty to one hundred million dollars, roughly liquid wealth. That's not enough to run a campaign, right? So this isn't something that he can fund by himself, um, unless he went into like tremendous amounts of debt, right? So this is going to be very much so. So fundraising is going to be a very important. So fundraising is going to be a very, very, very important thing for Donald Trump in this primary, more than it was in twenty sixteen. Because 2016, it was 
the earned media show. I'm not sure he can count on that again. No. I mean, he'll get earned media, but it'll be negative, so he'll need to come back. Yeah, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same as it was, and he's going to be going up a very against a very sophisticated political operation in the DeSantis organization. That is a sophisticated get out the vote operation that is about to go nationwide, and it's frankly some a get out the vote operation that needs to be copied nationwide by Republicans in every state to make sure that we take advantage of the laws that are in place, which is something that we haven't done. We've done a great job of highlighting the flaws of the laws, but we haven't done the flaws of the laws. But we haven't done a great job when you're drinking claws. There's no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. But we haven't done a good job of using these flaws to our advantage. Right. And um, it's something that we need to do. So it's going to be interesting. I don't buy this pitch. I'm still I'm still very curious what Donald Trump's line is going to be against Ron DeSantis. I I personally think that it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a combination of some things that he did as governor that Trump disagrees with that. And some of it will boomerang right back on him, like some of the covid closures and things like that. Um, which he's already tested out that line and it, it doesn't really work. I think he's going to go after him for frankly, just not really having that much of a resume outside of politics. Right. I mean, I think the line against DeSantis for me is why are we going to send a politician to fix a mess? The politician started. Can not he just come back and say, you're a politician now? Yeah. And it's like, well, I had to stay inside the system because the, you know, he can, you know, and then Donald Trump goes, Hey, listen, you know, and this is a sympathetic messaging in the Republican primary. He can go, Hey, listen, I'm from outside the system. The system fought back and screwed me. I got to go in and clean it back up. Right. That's messaging. That's going to work. Right. That's that, that, that's something that people will go. Yeah. You know, I, he's got a point, right? He's got a point. There was the, he, he didn't get a fair shot. He didn't get a fair shot. The COVID on the on the Republican primary side of thing is a very, very, very sensitive topic. It is something that we all, I think everyone agrees, whether you agree or not with the Donald Trump election fraud um, uh, theory, I think what most Republicans agree with, if not all, is that if COVID-19 wasn't completely blown out of proportion, Donald Trump is reelected and it's probably not really close. The economy was at the the unemployment rate was at three and a half percent. Gas was two dollars a gallon. Eggs were ninety nine cents or a dollar ninety nine a dozen, depending on where you lived. I mean, things were good. Things were good. So, I think that's where, like Donald Trump has a very, very, very potent message against some of against some of the things that DeSantis is going with, and he and he can. You know he's 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 going to be the best salesman. He is the best salesman of the group. I don't think that that can be denied. You can say what you want about Donald Trump, but you cannot say the guy is a bad salesman, right? He's entertaining, and he's a heck of a salesman. Um, but I do think it's um, I do think. I'm just I'm just excited because we're finally getting to see what the the different lines of attack are going to be and the kind of trial balloons that are going out there and uh, it's all the time to see who else is going to get in and when other people are are going to get in um, 
because I think the one thing is true is that we had, we we desperately need a Republican to get into the White House to clean up the Department of Justice. Um, the FBI this morning it was reported was mm-hmm. conducting a search oh. of President Biden's Rehoboth Beach vacation home. This was a planned search of the beach home. Um, where, uh, where, uh, where do you think, uh, where do you think Joe Biden was over the weekend? In Rehoboth Beach? Oh, that'd be correct. <laughs> um, Overseeing this thing that he wasn't supposed to oversee? Yeah, it was a planned, no planned three and a half hour search. This is where we're going to come and do it. We're not going to surprise you. We're going to plan out the entire thing. What? And surprisingly, they didn't find any documents. You know, finally, the Bidens found the proper cleaning crew to go in and remove the documents because we found classified documents everywhere else Joe Biden has been except for this beach house, which has been the place last finally touched by the FBI, which they finally coordinated a time when it would be convenient for the Bidens to let the FBI drop on by, unlike when the FBI came unannounced to Mar-a-Lago. It's a complete difference. It's, 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 it's such a blatant difference in treatment between the two men. You almost can't take the investigation seriously at this point. And not that anyone does. As we've gone over on this show, we, we know no one's going to jail over this. Right? And let, me let, let me whisper like creepy Joe Biden. No one's going to jail over this. Okay? Donald Trump's not going to jail over this. Joe Biden's not going to jail over this. Hunter Biden's never going to go to jail for anything in his life. Honestly, I think there was an outside chance Trump went to jail for it until Biden got got snagged and then it was like there ain't no way you're gonna get this through okay i thought there was kind of an outside chance that if they found something like nuclear secret damning on in trump's stuff they would have perp walked him they would have perp walked the guy um but now they can't because they'd have to do it to biden too because they'd have to do it to biden too exactly there's there's no there's no room for nuance in this situation top secret is top secret that's it you know finished end of sentence um so, um, <laughs> so it's just it, it's just completely laughable. The White House it came out today that the House there. So right now, the Department of Justice is not cooperating with the House with the House Republicans who are requesting access to documents. Basically, they want to know who knew what when, who knew what when. What are your communications with the National Archives like? What are your communications with President Biden and his lawyers like? What are your communications with President Biden like? What's the story here? And last night on Hannity, it was Representative James Comer, who is now head of the Oversight Committee. Thank you. Thank you, Max. Um, who, uh, I was I watched like, him, I don't know why you're looking at me. I watched him kick off his, uh, his first hearings today. But last night, he was on Hannity, and um, he was saying that the Department of Justice or, or the the ended up, uh, the Department of Justice directed the National Archives not to say that they had uh uh you know received classified documents from from the Biden team and this was all stuff that could have taken place before the midterm election um 
And I think that that's the key point here is that this is now two elections in a row where information that needed to be made public about Joe Biden was suppressed either by the media or the government. Information that would impact people's opinion on his ability to do the job. Are you compromised by China? What exactly is your relationship with your son, those business relationships? What's going on there? How compromised are you? How compromised is your son? How much criminal activity have you helped your son get away with? How much criminal activity have you indirectly funded via getting your son either A, bullshit jobs, pardon my language, or two, just handing him the money? How much of this behavior have you enabled and helped? All stuff that we could have found out very quickly with Hunter Biden's hard drive that was completely suppressed by both the government and the media. Once again, National Archives, FBI search, suppressed this time by the government. CBS is the first per- team to report it in early January. January was it 9th, 6th, 6th or 9th? Um, we could spend every show from now until the end of time going on about why Joe Biden was unfit for office in the first place. Everybody knows. Why he's proving himself to be so unfit for office right now is that not only does he not have a decent explanation for anything that happened here, other than incompetence, which is, I'm not sure, the most likely explanation in this point, considering that this information was scattered everywhere. And from what we've heard, seems to be very specific. And from what we've heard, he was copying the information onto notebooks. Why would you have the need to copy classified information onto notebooks? That's a good question. Was Donald Trump doing this? So far, we've heard no. But we've heard this about Joe Biden. What's he up to? What's he up to? And the White House, the White House handling of this and the messaging of it has been, once again, a master class in how to engage the media in a story like this. And Corrine Jean-Pierre is not getting enough credit for being the absolute idiot and dolt that she is. She is incredible. This was the most brilliant hire ever. She is so stupid. She cannot string together two sentences. She can barely fit together the words for one sentence. The only thing she knows how to say is, I refer you to the White House Counsel's Office. Her job is to be the conduit between the White House and the press, right? So that she can try to give answers and illuminate on why things are going on, like what's happening, why are these priorities, what's happening here. And she has decided they're never going to say anything bad or negative about me or push me or get aggressive with me or anything bad is ever going to happen to me. I'm a black gay woman. Oh, I didn't know she was gay. I'm at the top 
of the totem pole. She's got all that intersectionality She's happening. at the top of the total and an immigrant, I think. No. She's at the top She's of the totem pole. She's just going to run pole. for president. She's at the top of the totem pole. She can't do anything wrong to anyone in Washington, D.C.'s liberal elite, and frankly, even conservative elite in Washington, D.C. As I've said, she's the most brilliant press secretary and most brilliant hire. She is literally the only proof that someone somewhere in the White House knows what they are doing because they send her out there and her three brain cells to barely form the words that are printed in front of her on a briefing book, sometimes just ignores the book, ignores a question, moves on, or says complete gibberish, or just says, uh, I don't know, and leaves. Uh, why not? Why not? She's never going to be criticized. She's doing a bang-up job. She's doing the job she was hired to do. She should get every, every bonus available to her. <laughs> I mean this sincerely. As a Democrat, she should always be their press secretary. Because, because they're just going to string the story. They are going to string the story out forever until it simply just, just becomes white noise. Until it just becomes white noise. And it's be like, oh, we're still talking about that? We're still talking about that? Well, it's not a big deal anymore. We've moved on. We've moved on. We've moved on to something else. This is the bet. The bet is that our attention span is, is, so, is so short that if we just drag it out a month or two, whatever. It'll just go away. And they're probably right because the media doesn't hold them accountable to anything. No. 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 Not at all. Um, I think the last thing to go over today was um, Speaker McCarthy, who's been doing a great job. Been doing a great job. He's been really aggressive in his answering. He's really been great pushing for Swalwell, Schiff, and Omar to be off, off of the committees. It's really important that Omar is also off the committees. Her... Because she's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, because she's crazy. Because I mean, she committed most likely at least immigration fraud and probably marriage fraud, which would mean she probably committed some form of tax fraud along as well. Um, I mean, she married a brother. We all know it. She won't admit it, but she married a brother in an immigration scam. I, I, I like that's disqualifying. Done. Finished. You broke the laws of this country. Done. Gone. Can't, can't serve on committees. Can't serve on committees. I guess the, the criminals in the district that elected you, they want a criminal to, to represent them. But she married a brother. Yeah. Yeesh. What else do we have to say about that? No, but uh, but he no, but McCarthy's been doing a great job. Been doing a great job, and remember, a lot of the reason why he's doing a great job is because it took fourteen or fifteen votes for him to be speaker, and the Freedom Caucus and people holding their feet his feet to the fire, getting him on specific things. Right. This is why. It's why it was a good thing. It was a good thing. People got so worked up about it. It's not that big of a deal, right? Just making sure everything is in place. Don't rush things. Let's get it right. Let's get it done. Um, 
But he met with uh, Biden today. There, I guess, their first one-on-one meeting to talk about the debt ceiling, which is. Oh, I'm sure that went well. Who cares? Yeah, right. And I'm sure it went well. Um, yeah. At they, this point, do we even have any leverage? Like, they're just gonna increase it. Like, what? 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 Oh is no, the we incentive? hold all the cards. What is the incentive for anyone to not raise it? Don't we default on everything? Yeah. It really wouldn't be that bad. Well, we own the bank, so. Like, what's going to happen? We're the United States of America. In some ways, like, in some ways, it's Joe Biden's attitude towards the FBI document, the classified documents. Like, what are you going to do about it? I'm president. Can you throw me in jail? You can't do that. This is nothing. Get, get, Merrick, excuse me, can you get Merrick on the phone? Hey, Merrick, can you get rid of this problem for me, Merrick? Thank you. Thank you. I'm president. You're the attorney general. Can you get rid of this? Because I don't do jail. I do president. It's a very short conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there's a, but, but, but it's, 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 the debt ceiling it's the it's the biggest it's the biggest joke but i hope we hold hold the feet to the fire and we can get some concessions and you know what i think honestly they're good at, there's going to be some sort of some sort of spending cuts that's going to rain in some things and and we'll move on from there um and um it's not going to be everything that we want um my my personal opinion is I would just vote against it. I would just be like, there's a debt ceiling for a reason. Boom, done. And I would be one of those guys with the, you know, like Tom, it would be me and Thomas Massey sitting in the corner being like, hey, we're not voting for the debt ceiling increase. You guys figure it out amongst the 433 rest of you. You've, that's that's the group that you're working with because 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 Max and Massey are over there with their debt clocks. Okay, so that's <laughs> that, that's that's. <laughs> I'm not voting for it, so I'm on team not voting for it. But I know at the end of the day, we're just going to have concessions that are, are aren't going to make me super happy. Um, but uh, the answer to answer your question, no, nothing bad would happen because it's, we're the United States of America. <laughs> Right, we're the United. States. What are you going to do? Not do business with us? We're the bleeping United States of America. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have a food story. Okay, well that's okay because I found, I found something. That oh, we can good. Use. Um, okay, so I. Search for interesting food facts. Okay. That's what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And there are two space-related ones. So I'm going to test your knowledge. So no Googling. What was the first food eaten in space? I know you love NASA, so like first maybe you'll know this. Food? Food. Is it a drink? No, it's a food. I'm going to say ice cream. Astronaut ice cream. Do you have any other guesses? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It was applesauce. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What was the first food planted in space? Which today I learned we planted food in space. Um, I wonder if we planted a potato. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. All right. So you're one for two. One for two. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, I was like, what, what? 
could sustain you? Like, what's the one food? Like, if you couldn't, if you had to pick one food that you could like kind of live off forever, could you really live off potatoes? I think you probably live Isn't off. Isn't it potatoes? just the starch? Doesn't have any like protein or. I think, could you live off of potatoes forever? That's a food <laughs> fact that we can look up right now. Okay, well, go for it. Can you live off potatoes forever? I mean, probably. Isn't that what they did in the Irish famine? That would, that would mean that the you'd be deficient in a lot of critical things. They okay. How long can you live? How Sixty co- days. He first con- this person who tried it consulted with a doctor and dietitian to confirm he could go sixty days on just potatoes. Okay, so maybe you could go more than that, but at least sixty days. But you can't live off of them forever. I don't think there is a conclusion. Interesting. Oh, the whole purpose of that diet was to make a bold statement. This is someone who ate potatoes for eight years or something. Uh, There is so much nutrition in potatoes that you could live off of them if you had to. So I guess you you are right. There you go. Seems suspect though. All right. It sounds like I heard. It it sounds like I heard an old wives' tale or heard something that was like suspicious that might have just been confirmed by someone trying to do something stupid. (laughs) Like, how long can I live off of potatoes? Like, I don't know. Let's put you on YouTube and find out. (laughs) Yeah, that's how science works these days, right? It's just someone doing something stupid for YouTube. Pretty much. That's how all of our scientific discoveries are made now. All right. Um, Hopefully, you will hear us on Friday. You'll hear us on Friday. Yeah. All right, folks, have a good one. Bye.